welcome everybody out to the Revivinary Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to have a special guest. Those of you from Monterey Baptist Church will know him as one of the most important and most vital components to the church. It is Mr. Super Dave himself, Dave Webb. I'm a deacon here at the church, and uh, I've listened to all your podcasts, and uh, not to be too shameless with it, but <laughs> you really are a, a fantastic teacher, and uh, it's straight out of the Bible, and I'm just excited to uh, to be a part of it, and I, I wanted to do it, really. Well, well, Dave, uh, just for the record, do you want that money sent to you by <laughs> PayPal or Venmo? Um, no, seriously, thanks for that, Dave. I, I very much appreciate it. Uh, we, we all around here think a lot of Dave. So I asked Dave if he'd come on and talk with me today. We have a subject we want to talk about that I think Dave and I have probably talked about many times uh, sitting here in the office on a Wednesday uh, evening waiting for Bible study to start. So today we're going to be talking about the news. We're not going to be talking about the current events, the headlines, and what's going on uh, in the world around us. Rather, we're going to talk about the Christian's perspective of the news. And further, by what I mean by that is the, uh, the way that the Christian should respond to the level to which the Christian should be influenced by the news, and the overall reaction or the way that the Christian should respond to the news of the day. Now, that seems like a whole lot for us to cover, but if you've ever been around Dave and I, you know that we both know how to talk for a long time, and we can do that about absolutely anything. Is that not right, Dave? I'll leave that to you, Jeremy. <laughs> of course you will, yes. <laughs> um, well, what we want to do to start off with is look at at a, at a verse uh, in uh, or a couple of verses in John chapter 14. Uh, Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I was going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. This whole, this whole, uh, discussion today is going to kick off from the very first word that Jesus speaks here in John 14. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. And we know from uh, a recent uh, sermon that we did uh, here at the church that that word let means to allow. to allow. So Jesus is saying, do not allow or allow not your heart to be troubled. So there's a couple of things that this verse tells us. One, our hearts can be troubled. Right. And Jesus tells us to not let that happen. Right. So if he's telling us not to let that happen, then what should be the static position of the Christian? Not troubled. Absolutely. I mean, you've got it on your uh, desk there. Trust <laughs> in the Lord. That's right. I mean, if you're if you're trusted in him, there's absolutely nothing in this world that's going to make you worry. And that's where it gets tricky, because there are many Christians who are troubled by many things. Absolutely. Now, some of that is self-inflicted. I will, I'll, I'll give that to you. Some people love drama, right? and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But there are also, uh, there's also some bad teaching and bad preaching and bad leadership out there where sermons are decided based on whatever the headline is of the Sunday morning newspaper, or people feel that they have to preach a message about everything that's going on in the news. And instead of being led by the Spirit of God to preach what God wants the people to hear, they're being led literally by the Spirit of the world to talk about the things that are going on 
in the world. One thing I would love for people to hear in, in this podcast today, Dave, is this. There is a whole just plethora of things that are going on in the spirit realm, in the spirit world. What I mean by that is there are things that God is doing that we don't see. And we, we're not, we don't have to see it. He's working behind the scenes. And by behind the scenes, I mean, he doesn't have to discuss with us what he's doing. Oh, sure. And, but we are, as, as human beings, we respond to emotional and to, um, uh, you know, uh, physical cues. We want to see things and hear things and respond to them. It's this issue we have. We, we want to be in control. When, when, we, when we as believers individually are just going about our normal everyday life, okay? That's getting up, fixing breakfast, going to work, getting the kids off to school, um, taking care of the dogs, whatever it is, you, just your normal daily routine. By the time we've been awake for five minutes, we've already been inundated with, if we have the television or the newspaper out or we open up our phones, we've, we've been inundated with what's happening in the world overnight. Yes. Um, and not only what, what new has happened, but they will continue to talk about things that have happened in, in previous news cycles because they still have traction. My, my point here is that I think that there are many believers who have, and I'm going to use the word inadvertently, because ignorance is not bad. Stupidity is knowing better, but doing it anyway. Ignorance is not knowing. Right. There are many people who have inadvertently robbed themselves of the peace that they could have because they have allowed their minds to be filled with the news of what's going on in the world around them. Now, there is no doubt that there are things that are happening in our world today that do affect us. Okay, we, we, ha- we, we are aware of what goes on, but we do not respond based off of a gut instinct, a knee-jerk reaction, or what we think naturally. We are supposed to make our decisions informed via the Word of God. And how many times, Dave, in the Bible does God tell you, freak out about what's going on around you, because the more you freak out, the more I'm going to love you and the more I'm going to move and show you my goodness. Absolutely. Not one time. Not one time. But how many times does he say, peace, be still, know that I am God, be still and know that I am God. How many times does he say, do not be afraid for I am with you to deliver you. So if there's one thing that I would want believers to hear today, it is this, don't be afraid. Don't freak out. Nothing caught God off guard. And there is absolutely nothing that is going to be able to touch you unless God allows it. Right. The Bible also says comfort one another with these words. I mean, what words? Well, he's talking about his word. So unless you read it and understand it and study it, apply it to your life, you know, that's. That's where it's all at. That's so then, where you get that peace and that comfort. So, so by by not doing the things, that, or by not doing that thing of studying the word and filling our minds with his word, we are then allowing ourselves to be troubled because we're allowing the news of the world, the information that's being given to us from the from the world. Now, I'm not I'm not even trying to go down this rabbit hole of of saying that the news is all orchestrated to keep us in a constant state of panic. On a natural level, I don't know that that's the case. On a spiritual level, of course, I believe that's the case. Lucifer, Lucifer Manipulation knows is the word yes. I would use. Yeah, Lucifer knows what he's doing. He, he does not want... Manipulates the, the yes. world to try to affect yes. us. And, 
That's right. Drag us down. And that is, is that why then that Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled? Right. Keep your focus on him, huh. not on the world, not on the manipulation of the world and what the devil's trying to do, the greed and everything else that's out there. Well, uh, keep your eyes on him. There are a lot of people uh, within within the Christian community who are very much, um, very, very much in tune with what's going on in the news. They listen to the news constantly and they're always looking for the, uh, the next rock the devil's hiding under. Um, and trust me, if you're watching the news, it's not going to be how you only have to look under a rock to find the devil. I mean, you can see it right on the surface, but the news is, is not, is right. The news is not a pond that the Christian should fish out of. What I mean is you're not going to, you're not going to go to the news tonight, turn it on and find out something that's going to make you go, you know what, man, Jesus is really good. When you turn on the news, you're going to find out, oh my goodness, Everybody's getting sick. Everybody's getting shot. Everybody's wanting to fight. The world is in upheaval. Everything is upside down. Oh my goodness, how much does a gallon of gas cost? What do you mean that our grocery bills went up by how much of a percentage? And it's just going to keep going? Oh no. And what happens? Our hearts become troubled. And what did Jesus tell us not to do? Don't let your heart be troubled. Why? He says, if you believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus was the physical representation of God on the earth. He was God in the flesh. And when he was here on the earth with us, he did not say, hey guys, look at what's going on over there in so-and-so town. Jeez, did you hear the report of how the crime rate is there? You didn't hear that. What you heard was Jesus going to individual people and sharing with them the love of the Father through him, and then he told us to go and do the same. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, if we are supposed to be going out and giving the good news to people, then how can we give the good news to people when we're constantly filling our minds and our mouths with the bad news of the world? Right. Or even the good news. Mm. I mean, it can go the other way, too. Mm. Things can appear to be so good that you're going to relax and take your point. focus off Jesus there, too. Very good. So point. it can work both ways. So in essence, what you're saying is what is good for the world does not necessarily mean it's good for the believer. Right. Because no, just because it is beneficial from a worldly perspective does not mean that it's beneficial uh, from a from a things in the world change all the time. Uh, mm. Jesus does not change. <laughs> the word of God does not change. It's always the same. One of the things that that I wanted to make sure to mention um, to kind of uh, get things rolling here um, is. The news, as we know it today. Is. I don't want to sound like a, a bad person here, but the news as we know it today is really about entertainment and ratings. What I mean by that is they have to have stories that will cause people to want to watch. They're trying to find information that they think will make people want to see and hear what it is they have to say because the legacy media, like television news, newspapers, magazines are quickly, or quickly their appeal is quickly um, leaving because of the, the advent of digital uh, forums such as social media, um, online, uh, people using their phones and stuff for their news. But, but, but still, that, that doesn't matter whether it's online or it's on your television. It's still the same premise. In order to get people to click, you've got to have something that will draw them. And unfortunately, we live in a world where drama sells. Drama sells. Think about how many bad stories you hear on the news. 
versus how many good stories you hear. Right. I've often said, you know, you could you couldn't fill up um, enough reels of film to hold, or you couldn't make enough reels of film to hold all the good stories that happen on a daily basis. How many good things have happened right here in our community today that'll never get reported on? Oh my goodness, yeah. Tremendous amount. Oh sure, I mean, people being kind to one another, good to one another, helping one another, living selflessly, people making sacrifices that'll never be spoken of, but yet we're all, we're all tore up about whether or not Twitter's gonna go through, the sale of Twitter's gonna go through. And here we are ignoring the problems right outside of our own door that we could make an impact on because we're worried about something that in the big grand scheme of things has absolutely no bearing on our lives whatsoever. Right. The other thing is um, oftentimes the news uh, is dependent upon fear, literally. It's fear, sickness, disease, violence, right? Crime. Right, sure. War. Uh, the uh, shortage of food. The news, while those things are certainly important, no doubt about it, but how many of those things are actually affecting the majority of Americans? What I mean here, what I'm, I know everybody's feeling the pain at the pump, and I know everybody's feeling the pinch right. in the pocketbook when they go to the grocery store, but what I'm talking about are the majority of the stories that get run have little to no impact on the average American. It is just something to try to get people to listen to, follow, and watch. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, but... Where, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is if we are not careful as believers, the news, regardless of the forum we get it from, the news can be like a vortex that sucks us into this darkness and closes out any light around us so that we cannot see the good or the opportunities to do good because right in front of us, we are being completely bombarded with all of this negativity, all of this drama, and all of this bad. So what effect would a bombardment of negativity and darkness have on the mind? Well, it's, uh, most people, it's going to depress them. Uh, They're going to be depressed. They're going to look for answers somewhere. Uh, hopefully that would turn to the Word of God. That's where all the answers are. That's what I do, um, or try to anyway. I was one of those that watched the news a lot and was, oh, it, it didn't really depress me so much or anything. Did, did but, it make you angry? But I kind of got caught up in it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah angry a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I bought into some of the, uh, at one time I bought into some of the, well, these people are bad because they don't, you know, believe like I do or think like I do and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But now I watch it a little bit here and there just to be aware of different things. But the, my main focus is uh, I like to see the news about prophetic things. Mm. What in prophecy is, is just happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, things happen all the time like that. And it just means we're one step closer to Jesus returning. And, and that's what thrills me about the news. To me, it's, uh, to me, it's all good news, really. When, when, you, when you think about the believers, um, the, the impact, I mean, the effect that the news has, even on a believer's mind, is it possible for a believer uh, to be swept into or sucked into that vortex? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Oh, it yes. Is. Because you just alluded to the fact that you at one time were sucked Very into easily. it. Easily. But so the more I. I've studied and the right. more I've learned, yes. I've gotten away from it. Yeah, and, and I, I, was, I was as well. And then... 
there came this point when I, I, I don't know, I just kind of woke up one day, I guess, and thumped to the head, I don't know. And I, I got to thinking, man, that all this is doing is stirring me up, making me everything I'm not supposed to be. I was angry. I was bitter. I was fearful. I was depressed. I was, I was anxious. I, was, I mean, all of the above. And then I just got to thinking, why, why is this? Now, how hard is it, though? How hard is it for the believer to, to say, you know, I want to be informed about what's going on in the world around me to a degree. We all should be. Right. I am an informed individual, Dave. I'm not saying that I don't know things that are going on around me. I don't completely, uh, you know, limit myself or, or cut myself off from the world. As a, as a pastor, I need to know what's going on because it's going to affect the people in the congregation. Absolutely. So I need to be able to, to be informed. But information and indoctrination are two different things. Being informed and knowing and then being sucked into it are two different things. I'm not going to take the bait. So how, how can the believer navigate the, the in, knowing the information without being sucked into it? Like a fish and, and, and a baited hook. Right. There, there are safeguards that we have as believers that we know, oh, I shouldn't bite on this because the Bible says don't be anxious. I shouldn't bite on this because the Bible says to love everybody, not to be hateful toward one group because of their race or their, uh, their, where they were born, where they come from, or to only love this group of people because they are like me or, or whatever it may be. The Bible gives us safeguards, warnings, prevention to keep us from going off onto a, or, or from, from being sucked, swept into or sucked into this, this vortex of darkness. I want to read from Philippians chapter 4. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, remember I talked about safeguards, right? Sure. Okay. We have safeguards built into this verse right here. One, he says, Do not be anxious about anything. Now, the reason I wanted to use this verse is if you go back to John 14, verse 1, it is exactly what Jesus says. Let not your hearts be troubled, right? It is. So Paul says to the Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, which if you were to roughly translate or loosely translate, they both say the it's same exactly thing. exactly the same. It's exactly the same thing. So now Paul says a little more. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But now he's going to give us the way to prevent the anxiousness sure, or the troubling of our hearts in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he tells us that the greatest safeguard in everything by prayer and supplication, prayer is communication with God. Yep. You cannot communicate with God and try to do so using worldly ideologies, worldly philosophies, or worldly principles. Right. It has to line up with his will. Uh, did you did you ever come home one day to your father and tell him something you wanted to do that he did not think you should do? Was there ever a moment in your life when your father said to you, you're not doing that? You're not going to do that? Or were there things that he told you to stay away from that you may have been tempted to do when you were a young man? Yeah, a few things, absolutely. Yeah, a few all things. Yes, a few things. Way to say face, Dave. There are a few things for sure. 
What happens when you go to your father with this idea that is completely contrary to what he has taught you and the, the standards uh, that, that he has set for the family? He's not going to like it. No, not at all. Not only is he not going to like it, he's going to make sure you know he doesn't like it. He's not going to say, oh, I think that's wonderful. Follow your heart. He's going to say, you need to stop that right now. He can't support it because it goes against him. Because it goes against him. So if your earthly father would do that, how, so, how much more so would your heavenly father? Who is perfect. Yeah, so how many believers are so caught up in the news of the day that they can't even communicate to God because God is telling them, don't worry about this. And they're saying, but, but have you seen this? Did you not see? So when he says by prayer and supplication, he also adds to that with thanksgiving. How can I be thankful and how can I worship God if I am completely wrapped up in the negativity the uh, the darkness, the, the depression, the anger. Right, you have to rage. have that inner peace and joy. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and well, funny you say that. <laughs> Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I cannot stress this enough. For those of you who are listening to this podcast and you are not from central Kentucky, I just said I, but seriously, I cannot stress this enough. We, as believers, are being daily, constantly attacked by the enemy, trying to get us to leave behind the safeguards and the the, the defensive uh, measures that, that the Lord has put in place to protect our hearts and our minds. And our minds are where the battle is at today. And the news is trying to get into our minds and get us away from thinking about things the way that God has taught us to think, to think like he does, to see things from his perspective, the way he's working and moving, as opposed to what's going on in the world. Right. So we, uh, that brings up a, a topic there that, that we should understand. You brought it up earlier about the spirituality uh, part of it. The Bible says that the war is in the spiritual realm mm -hmm. about these things. Uh, Lucifer's the one that is behind all the manipulation of, of the news and the greed of the world and all those kind of different things. Right. If you understand that, if you know where it's coming from, it's not coming from the people that are being caught up in it. It's right. coming from the spiritual realm. Right. If you understand that, it makes it a lot easier to move your focus away from that to Jesus. Think about this. Sorry. Pun intended. <laughs> but think about this. Listen to what verse 8 says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, verse 7 says, The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So your mind is where you think. So what Paul is saying to the Philippians is, if you will not be anxious, not allow yourself to be troubled by what you hear or what you see, right? Okay, but in everything, keep your communication with God, talking to Him. And if you want to talk to your father, you can't talk to him about things that he's against. Right. You can't have a, an open conversation 
about something that he has said no to, it's not going to work. But rather with thanksgiving, meaning there's a peace there. There's a communion. Me and the Father and I are on the same page. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not learning, growing, maturing, and continuing to develop in my Christian faith. What that means is I'm saying to the Father, hey, I might not understand what's going on right now, but I know you do, and I know that you're good, and I know that you love me, and I know that you'll work all things out for my good. I know that even if bad things happen to me, you're not going to leave me, you're not going to desert me, you're not going to abandon me. So there will be times when I don't understand things, but I can still say, God, I don't know why you're doing this, but man, I know you've got a reason and a purpose in it. And I can rejoice or have thanksgiving when I am talking to him about it instead of letting the thoughts and the ideas and the uh, the intentions of the world enter into my mind. So go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, uh, I, just, I just thought that was absolutely beautiful, I mean, the way you put that and everything else. And it just brings to mind, you know, I, I feel a lot of that myself. I, I don't know that I'm necessarily at the same spiritual and uh, uh, developmental level and so forth that you are, but but I'm, I'm you know, getting there. I'm trying. Right. And um, to hear that, it, you just wonder why somehow or another we've got to get that to more people. Well, you know, there's just so much, well, there's so much peace and truth and everything into that. It's just, it was beautiful. It really well, was. If, listen to what verse eight says. He says, finally, brothers, brother, or well, I'm sorry. I, uh, I've always studied in King James. So when I read an English standard version or quote it and I don't look at it, right. I'm probably going to butcher it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there's any excellence in it, if there's anything worthy of praise, then think about these things. And I think herein is the problem. Believers must be very careful, very, very careful what they allow into their minds. Now, oftentimes we we talk about, you know, not don't let the evil stuff of the world get in your head. What if I told you? What if I told you that not just ABC, NBC, CBS, but also Fox News? Oh, sure. You should be very careful and very cautious. This isn't partisan. This isn't about politics. This isn't about left and right. This isn't about, I don't believe that's real. Well, you're just a liberal. Well, you're just a redneck. You want to fight? No, I don't believe in war, but I'll kill you. Well, I don't want to... What? What you just... We've got to be careful because the intention of the world is never to bring peace. Right. It's only, to cause only division. God's, only God's right. It's, it's His yes. truth and none other. And everything you hear in this world, if it doesn't come from Him, I mean, that's to me, that's what that verse 8 says. Test it. See if it's good. Yes. yes. If it's good, it comes from God. Yes. If it's not, it doesn't. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, though. We, 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 we talk about things that are lovely and pure and of good report. And we think of those oftentimes in terms of like, well, well, don't be listening to that rock and roll music. It got some bad words in it. Or don't, you know, don't be hanging out with those people that smoke or drink. Don't do that. You know, we, we, we don't think of it from the perspective of, of, man, maybe, maybe my over-involvement in the news or in politics or in the entertainment world or whatever it might be. Did you know that it's possible that Christians can turn Christianity 
into something it was not meant to be, and therefore it becomes a weapon that is used to bring division instead of to bring about the peace of God that passes all understanding? Yeah, can I say a, a bad word that's being used for good? Yeah. <laughs> or prosperity? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, we, we've got this idea that as Christians, we have to fix everything and we have to make the world great. And we have to all be rich and healthy and wealthy and wise. Right. And we have all of these things that we are working toward to develop ourselves and make ourselves better so that we can go out and show the world that's so lost and so, so far gone in darkness so we can show them how good we are. What if I told you that was never the intention from the get-go? Right, to show how good God is. Dave, how many stories in the Old Testament tell us about good men and good women that suffer some really difficult things in life? Uh, Job. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Moses, 40 years away, and all this yeah, different kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What about Joseph? Oh, sure. What about Jacob? What about, what about, <laughs> I can't think of anybody, really. yeah, everybody, every single, every single story we read about. Now, someone's going to say, well, there was, there was David and Solomon. Yes, David, the adulterous murderer, who because of a desire for wealth and success, built himself a tower from which he saw Bathsheba. He let himself be influenced by the good news. He let himself be in. He didn't go. go. He didn't go fight in the exactly. war. He stayed home he stayed when home. he should not. Yes, he wanted to be one of the high rollers, the big shots. Right. What about Solomon? Solomon more wealthy than anybody that ever lived. But look at his life. God gave him wisdom, and he squandered it. Really, in my in my opinion. So here's here's a question I want to posit. Why do Christians get so caught up in the news? Why do they get so caught up in the news? What I mean by getting caught up in the news is the fear, the worry, the doubt, the, 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 the anger, the, the rage. I mean all that. But you brought up an excellent point. What about the Christian that's watching the news trying to figure out how to fix the world? Right. Why do Christians do that? Why? I'm not, this, is, this is rhetorical, but why do Christians do that? I've got some ideas, and I want to throw them out here and see what you think. Sure. One, in terms of David, Solomon, think about them when I say this. They knew what God had told them to do, okay? Sometimes in your life, God is going to tell you to do something, and it's not going to happen for a long time. Right. I, I mentioned uh, Moses 40 That's years exactly before he right. went back. That's exactly right. Then there will be things that will happen in your life where God will tell you to, to do something, right? I'm going to, I want you to do this. This is going to think of Abraham. I want you to do this, okay? Right. Well, after many years, it didn't happen. So Abraham says, you know what? Maybe God needs my help. Yeah, well, Sarah says, "You're not. we're not going to be able to produce this child. I'm not throwing shade on Sarah. I'm just saying she, that's, she that's comes to her husband. That's funny, though. I, I laugh every time I think about that. Maybe God needs my help. Yeah, it, it, so so they, they turn this around, and now now Sarah is saying, hey, why don't you go and, and, and let's produce this child another way than the way God said and Abraham says, well, you know, it has taken a while, so, so maybe that is what, what I need to do. But whether Abraham was young or Abraham was old, the promise that God had given him was going to come to pass. And Abraham did not have to do anything that God did not tell him to do. He right. just needed to wait, right. right? Wait. So why is it then that Christians feel like they have to jump into the fray 
and fix the world or get, I'm not saying that to not, I'm not saying to anybody to not go out and do good in the world. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, sure. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When Christians get caught up in all of this positive spin that we've got to, oh, we've got to be the change we want to see in the world. Like, honey, you can't even stop complaining at the drive through because it's taking too long. How are you going to change the world here? What I mean is sometimes the simple, genuine, basic tenets of the life of Christ, I'm afraid that we find them boring. We get bored with doing the simple things. We want to be heroes. We want to be great warriors for God. We want to do these great and big things. And sometimes the greatest and the biggest thing you can do is go over to your neighbor's house and say, how y'all doing tonight? Absolutely. But we want to go and change the world. Right? God said to love your neighbor, not to change your neighbor. So what we do is we see these great things. Oh, oh my goodness. Did you hear what's going on in the world around us? So we do one of two things. We run for the hills or we try to run out into the battlefield and fight. And in all, many, many, many times, God has told us to be still and just to continue to do the things that he has told us to do. He didn't tell us to do anything new, so we need to be still. Just keep doing what you're doing until he tells you right. to do something else. So, but we get bored with that and we think we've got to interject and we've got to, we've got, well, Lord, you obviously you want me to do something, right? So then we jump in and we do something. But what happens is when the believer begins to invest in them, or I'm sorry, when the believer begins to venture out and to try to, to go places that God never told them to go, it's so quick. It's so quick that we find ourselves caught in the trap of the world. In other words, we find ourselves invested in the world's success. Right. Happens all the time on TV. How many times did the children of God find themselves in captivity to a foreign power? Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. Anybody listening to the podcast today, have you ever heard of these of these empires that once ruled the world? Are you familiar with the Egyptians? Are you familiar with the Assyrians, the Babylonians? I'm sure you're, or the Persians, I'm sure you're familiar with the Greeks and the Romans. If you've seen a Capitol building, uh, most Capitol buildings across our country, across our, I just said across. <laughs> I was trying to say across our country, and I said across. Well, we I are have, in Kentucky. I have completely made, I have just shamed my mother <laughs> by not speaking properly into this microphone. But if you look at the majority of the Capitol buildings across this country, they are shaped after or, or modeled after Greek or Roman uh, building styles. So we are very much influenced by these cultures. Now, in every one of those cultures that I mentioned from Egypt, Assyria up, all of them, all of them had major power and influence across the world. And the people of God were captives to all of those empires at one time or they were, they were inside of or conquered by is what I mean. Not, right. not necessarily just taken off into that other country, but many times they were. They were in Egypt for many, many, many years, for yes. centuries actually, uh, 70 years in, in Babylon. Now, what I mean by that is when the people of God would go into these, into the, whether it be captivity or this empire would come and rule over the land that they lived in, how many times throughout Scripture 
did God tell them, you can't act like them. You can't be like them. You're not called to, to serve this world. You're called to serve me. There's a really interesting situation that I wanted to bring up on the podcast today. When you think of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, when they were taken into captivity, these were young men who had great skill and great talent, and the Babylonian Empire saw that. Right. And they took these young men and gave them the best education that, that, that was available uh, at the, at the, you know, in their empire. And these men were incredible assets to Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. We all know Daniel's position in the Babylonian Empire. He was, I mean, and not only was he right. a great, the, and it stirred, the greatest it stirred empire. great jealousy. Oh, of course it did. Yes, but where I'm going with this is sometimes believers kind of get it upside down. God told, God allowed, He permitted these young men to go into captivity and he blessed them and gave them this. They already had talents and gifts, but he gave them this education that would make them even better. Right. Same with Joseph. Same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same with Joseph. But he did it for his purpose. For his purpose. His purpose. For his purpose. I don't know how many years passed from the time that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I apologize to those of you listening to the podcast. I always like to use their, their Hebrew names instead of their Babylonian names. But we, um, we, we unfortunately oftentimes forget those because we're so used to calling them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was just a little uh, theology for you theology nerds out there. Yes, I do know that they have uh, names in, in the Hebrew. But when these three young men find themselves in a position where they are ordered to bow down and worship Nebuchadnezzar, what is their response? No. No. King? Man, long live the king, yeehaw, but we cannot worship you. That's being faithful to God. Being faithful to God. So they refused to bow down. Everybody in the kingdom, including those of the household of Israel, what did they do? They bowed. What did these three men do? Did not bow. Right. What should we do as believers in our society today? We should not bow to the news and what we're told we're supposed to believe and what we're supposed to think. We should maintain our integrity and continue to allow the Lord to lead us and guide us in His Word, in His Word alone. Absolutely. To be the final and only, the only and final, however you want to put that, authority in our lives. When these three young men refuse to bow down, what does Nebuchadnezzar say? Throw them in the fire, right? Heat up the furnace hotter than it's ever been, Throw them in with their hands tied and their feet tied. Where, however, they had an observation deck. I'm not sure how this worked, but he was able to look inside the door, I guess. And he said, how many men did we throw in the fire? And they said, we put three men in the fire. And they say, well, then why do I see four men and they're all walking around? I thought we threw them in tied up. Right. My point is, even in the middle of all this bad, these young men did not turn away from or deny their, their, their Lord. They were faithful. And God allowed all of this to happen for the purpose of this king to see that he was not God. Right. And for him to see how the Lord takes care of his people. The true God. And you know what Nebuchadnezzar did? He, 
changed everything. He, yes, yes, he, he yes, he becomes a believer, he, or so at least he, God, he confesses that your yeah. God is the only God. God the he went a little God. overboard, I think. He he forced everybody to, to yeah. worship. <laughs> you know, that's just the way kings do, I guess. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he. <laughs> God used it for his purpose. Yeah, he, he, he did. And and there are things that are happening in the world today that are that are coming together or working coming to pass, I mean, and working together for his good, for, for his his right. Will. And you got some Christians that are working against that. Ah Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yes, they start to fight against them. And that's that's really weird, man. It's like you've got a, a sheet in front of you telling you where we're going here. <laughs> we become disobedient to the Lord because we are trying our best to correct and fix everything that the news is telling us are the problems. But do you know what the real issue is? The real issue is not what you see. It's not what you hear. The issue to, or the solution to crime is not more jails. It's not stiffer. I mean, now don't get me wrong. I mean, they're, they're most certainly, uh, we, we, we most certainly should look at our legal system. And if there is, uh, stricter penalties or something that need to be in, in, in enforced uh, to um, assuage crime. I, I get that. I understand that. And the Bible says for us to respect and obey the laws of the land because they are there to keep us righteous, right. to keep us from breaking the law. But law will not save you. Law will find you guilty, but law will not Bring, being held accountable by the law is not going to bring you peace. It's going to bring judgment. Right. So the answer to the problem is, or, or, or I'm sorry, the real problem that we have is not a problem that is on the surface. It's something that is deeper within. And if we are only allowing our minds to be filled with news about what's going on in the surface of, of things around us, then we're never going to be able to get to the root or the heart of the matter. Again, pun intended there which is the human, the problem is the human heart. Right. And uh, people uh, don't always seem to know what they should do because uh, they you don't want to do something. Um, I would say the, the pretty close to the formula that uh, God lays out is to study his word, uh, come together in fellowship, you know, with other Christians and, and uh, support each other, love each other, because the two greatest commandments are love God with all your heart and mind and soul and, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And if you do those things, uh, pretty much God's will takes care of the rest of it. When, when we were mentioning earlier the, the whole, um, or there in the Philippians where, where Paul says, you know, don't be anxious about anything, but in all things with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be known or, or you know, uh, uh, let, your, let your prayers be offered up, lifted up. I want to, I want to go back to this whole idea of the, the the Christian that is bored with with the the Christian life. That sounds, gosh, it sounds so awful to even say that out loud. But right. but it, it is the Bible even the, warns about that. It says, "Do not tire of doing good." That's exactly right. the The, the thing is, is the more you think about what I'm saying the more you're going to think, man, that does actually make sense. We get bored with being patient and being kind and being good yeah. and being gentle. God doesn't work on our timeline. We, <laughs> exactly. A lot of Christians don't we, understand that. They no, think we, he needs to react right away. We are flesh and blood creatures who have been filled with the Spirit of God. So while we have the Spirit of God in us, 
we also are living in flesh and blood bodies. So we have a we have the Holy Spirit telling us do what God says. But at the same time we have the flesh that's warring against that spirit and saying do what you want, not what he wants. Right. And therein lies the issue. How often does the news appeal to our flesh? What's more difficult, Dave? What's more difficult? Is it easier to love your neighbor or to judge your neighbor? Is it easier to be kind and be good or is it easier to just act like an absolute jerk? What comes more? Now, I know some people are naturally gentle and kind. I get that. There's like six of them in the six, seven, eight billion people in the world. In the world, there's like six people that are that way. But I know there are people that are just good people. Right. But for the average person, the stress of life, the stress of, of marriage, the stress of being a parent, the stress of being an employee, the stress of owning a business, the stress of driving in traffic, man, how many times a day do we find ourselves falling into the, 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 well, the carelessness of just letting the flesh take over? Right, and people let uh, that out most of the time, seems like to me, with uh, social media, that's why it's gone so bad. And they let all their attacks and frustrations out through that. And it's easy to sit behind your it's computer. Easy. You don't have to deal it's, with the person or anything else. Go out easy. and see that person. That's right. And see what they're going through and see their needs and, and desires and all those kind of things. And, and you know, that's to me, that's loving your neighbor. You got to go see them. Uh, you, right. When, when you think of how easy it is. It's so easy. It comes so natural for us to become negative or mean. And I don't want to use the word grumpy or, or cranky because that's not really what I mean. I mean bitter. Where we just, we kind of have a, a, you know, a snarky view of everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but the Bible says the, you know, the path to righteousness is narrow and, and difficult and, uh, and wide open and easy is the path to destruction. So people taking the easy way should think about it. Well, th th you're exactly right. When we, when we take the easy way, it might be easy in the moment, right? It's the easy way in the moment, but the cost of taking the easy way, the, la the ramifications later, the, the penalty, the, the, the consequences of that action can be just devastating, right? Oh, absolutely. When we become bored with doing the simple things in our marriage, loving our spouses as Christ loved the church, loving one another wholeheartedly in a marriage versus being selfish, right? Selfless. Oh, sure. When, when Paul says to the Philippians, think on things that are good, pure. What he's saying is, don't allow the negativity of the world to enter into your mind and pollute what comes out of your mouth and what you do with your hands. Okay? Now that, that's, that's, I'm not reaching there, but that's the, the end goal is what you, the way you think is the way you act and yes. the, way, the way you speak. Paul says to the Romans in chat, Romans chapter 8, 5 through 8, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, I, even reading that, I had this thought just click in my mind. 
What's your favorite style of music? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mean like do you do you like death metal or do you like uh, Christian I music? Like an, I, mean, I usually what like style? an upbeat, an yeah. upbeat kind of whether it's a uh, you know '80s rock or '90s rock, something right. like that, or or the some of the good Christian music that's out right now. Right. I, I like something upbeat and energetic. And uh, so you're not going to set your radio station to country. Uh, definitely not. I'm not a country <laughs> fan. I'm sorry. I know being from Kentucky, that's yeah, kind yeah. of odd, but uh, I'm not. A, no, that, that, that's it's it's not that odd actually. Maybe maybe in the rural parts of Kentucky, uh, it might be. But but see, I love I love hard rock. Uh, I love metal. I love that kind. That's that's my that's. And my, I'm not quite into, that's my into kind metal of thing. that far, but you know, not that far away. Right. But the point here, not not, not to have a musical discussion. <laughs> my point here is, when Paul says to set your minds on the things of the spirit he's saying change the station turn the channel close that app set your mind on things of the spirit so as a believer we should not be allowing our minds to be set on or tuned into those things that are going to take our affections and our intentions and our devotion away from the word and turn it toward the world. We should shut that off and turn our attention or set our, our, our channel, our station right. to the things of the spirit. I don't enjoy certain styles of music and I love other styles. Love them. There are things that I like and things that I don't like. But when it comes to the believer who lives in a flesh and blood body, who lives in the flesh, but is filled with the Spirit, born again, right. not of water, but of, of, of the Spirit. There is a new, a new mind, right? We, we've, we have a new mind, the mind yes, of Christ. Creature. Yes, we are a new creature. So we should not set our minds on the things we used to set them on. And, and, and I would like to, I would like to, goodness, I guess I would say request. I would like to request that every single believer listening to this podcast today would do a really good search of their, their hearts and ask themselves, have I been tuning into things that are taking me away from the Lord? I mean, have I been letting the news of the world corrupt corrupt my, my, this new sure, life. Of not mine. just the news, the entertainment. Well, well yes, the whole yes. Deal. Yeah. And, and I, I, I figured that you, I mean, I'm glad you picked up on that, but I understand that. I, um, and I, I don't, I don't want to take away from that. You know, um, I, I, of course that applies. Sure. But in terms of our discussion today, think about what the news is doing to believers, how it is causing them to act completely opposite of what the spirit says to do. And instead of doing what the Spirit says, because that's weak or boring, not fun, um, or it just seems repetitive, they want to do what comes natural to the flesh. Sure. But what will happen is eventually there will be a cataclysmic crash, and they will wake up and be like, oh my goodness, what have I done with my time? Paul goes on and he says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Right? The mind that is set... On the flesh, if all you're thinking about are the things of this world, i.e. the news, then you are, I didn't play football, 
You didn't play football, right? No, I did not. Both of us played basketball. Okay. Now, I know that in football there are some very intricate plays because there's a lot – there are more people on the field than there are on the basketball court. Oh, yes. But while we all love simple offenses and simple defenses, there were times when there would be plays drawn up that were quite detailed. Several guys had certain spots they had to get to in a certain time in right. order for the play to come off. And if they didn't do it, the, it failed. That's exactly right. By the way, Dave, just a little quick thing. Um, what year did you play for UK? 75-76. Uh, and who did you play for? Uh, played on the JV team. The coach was uh, Jim Long, he, and uh, Joby Hall was the yeah. head coach. At the yeah, time. Joby Hall. Yeah, I just, want to, I just want to throw that in there. I don't know if you guys know this, but Dave played for, for, for UK uh, basketball. Um, he's kind of like a, a celebrity, so that's why I brought him on the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> but when you did not conduct the play the way you were supposed to, the play wouldn't work. I know that sounds over, oversimplified, but, but just hear me out. I'm going somewhere. Right. How many times did you all allow the other team's coaches or the other team's players to come into your huddle and see your plays? Oh, not at all. I mean, you never did understand that. No. Mm-hmm. How many times did the opposing player try to get in your head and try to get you to not think about what you were doing so that they could maybe mess up the play that you guys had drawn up in a very serious, you oh, know, constantly, constantly, because if they can get in your mind and get your mind off of the plan that the coach has given you, then they will be able to subvert the coach's plan. And therefore his plan will not work. And if his plan does not work, you guys won't be successful in scoring. And if you're not successful in scoring, you won't win the game. So what do you think is happening when Christians are being bombarded by, inundated by, and following after the news of the world instead of listening to the coach, the Lord, and listening to what he is telling them to do? Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. He says in another place, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Right. He keeps telling us to set our minds on things above, right? Set your mind on things above not on the things of this world, because the things in this world are, are subject to change at any moment. It can look, oh my goodness, how many times in the last, just in the last few months, how many times has there been something that has come up in the news and everyone says, oh, this is it, this is it, oh my goodness, it's going to fall apart right here. Oh my goodness, it's over. And then three days later, five days later, what they said was going to have never happened, and then it just mysteriously disappears from the news cycle. Right. And they're on to the next, the next thing. So if we want to please God, then we cannot allow our minds to be set on the flesh. We must allow our minds to be set on the things of God. Notice I said the word allow, because that's what the word let means. Right. He says in verse 8, for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Do you want to please God? Of course oh, you do. Absolutely. I do too. There's only one way for us to please God. When we talk about pleasing God, pleasing Him, what that means is complying with His will and doing what He says. And if I comply, being obedient. Being obedient. Mm-hmm. If your child is if your child is disobedient, do you go out and buy them a new toy for their disobedience? No. Now, don't don't misunderstand where I'm going here, guys. I'm not saying that we earn God's favor and blessings because we do good things. What I mean is, if you are disobedient to your father, your mother, there's not going to be a lot of peace in your house. But if you are in your world, if you are obedient to your father, to your mother, to your parents, there is this joy that is present, this goodness, this, this, this feeling, this, there's generosity, there's, there's this desire that, come on, let's go get us a milkshake. If you allow it in. If you allow it in. So 
where I'm going with this is when you are obedient to the Lord and his word, there is a peace that comes. And that peace is a blessing or the blessedness. It is the blessing of God. It's one of the signs that God's one with of you. the signs. Mm-hmm. Now listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, and, and see if this clicks. He says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If you are going to be a son of God, then that would imply that you're going to do the things that the, that the Father does as a son, correct? Right, in whom I'm well pleased. So who is, who is Jesus saying will be called the sons of God? Those who are peacemakers. Yeah, anybody that's a peacemaker. So what does that mean then? If, if God is saying, or I'm sorry, if Jesus is saying that the will of God, or for you to be considered a son of God, or one who is like the Father, then you have to be a peacemaker. A peacemaker is the one who is acting like God. So God is a peacemaker. He is looking to make peace. The key word here is maker. A peacemaker. How do you, how does peace come about? Someone has to make it. Someone has to bring it. Someone has to um, cause it to come to be. It doesn't just poof happen. Someone has to make it happen. Right. So as believers, how are we going to make peace in this world if all we're doing is listening to the bad news that is going on in the world and repeating it like parrots, getting worked up about it, freaking out about it like the rest of the world, or throwing our hands up, I don't care, I don't care, whatever happens, happens, don't matter to me, I don't care. Well, that's not making peace either, is it, Dave? No, it's not. Getting caught up in it is not making peace. Complaining about it, that's not making peace. No, you read it earlier uh, in Philippians 6, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which we're talking about, yes. Yes. which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Which surpasses all understanding. Right. Which means it is not humanly possible for us to we understand. We can't know, but we keep our focus on Jesus, we'll have it. But in our, human, in our humanity, in our natural mind, in our flesh, we think here in the news and trying to respond to it is somehow going to bring about good in this world. But if you're going to bring about good in a bad world, you have to do something different than what the world is doing. Oh, sure. So as believers, how do we make peace in this world? Well, you've got to have Jesus because Jesus is the peace that was sent to this world. And uh, it only comes through him and through understanding him. If we are believers and we have Jesus... Why are we allowing ourselves to be caught up in the news of the world? We should not be because this flesh is temporary. We should, that's right. We should not be. Our so, eyes and focus should be on eternity. So as believers who have the, not just the, uh, have the, 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 the peace of, or the salvation of the Lord, we have the peace that comes from that salvation. Then what should be our response to the fear uh, and, the, and the anger and the uh, turmoil of the news of the day. To me, that's the Word of God. What should... The Word of God. And in order for us <laughs> to be able to, to make peace, then the believer should be injecting yes. the Word into the conversation, 
into the complaints, Correct. the worries, the fears. When someone says, oh my goodness, did you hear what they done done now? Have you prayed for them? Right. We should say, <laughs> yeah, but have you heard about what God did yes. when this happened? Now, I'm not saying to go out and make a buffoon out of yourself and become self-righteous and to go out and, and to just, you know, basically become like a militant. Um, uh, right. Legalism. does Yeah. Work. Yeah. Right. Right. Legalist. You know, well, the Bible says it. What I'm saying is. What if. What if the believer. Is not necessarily called to go out and, and, and jump into every conversation and try to preach a sermon. But what if your life, your witness, is the sermon, and when everyone else is freaking out about what's going on, you don't. And when everyone's fighting about what's, what they're told to fight about, you don't. Right. What if people see that, and then they say something to you like, man, do you like know that you live in this world? And you can be like, well, sure I do. Well, how come you're not tore up about it? Now you have an opportunity to tell them why you're not tore up about it. See, the exactly. peace of God which passes all understanding means you can't explain it to somebody. When they start the argument, you don't have to jump in. You don't have to get involved. Right. In when they don't take the bait. When they see that you have this stillness about you, even though the things that are going on around you are affecting you, you still have this stillness, this peace that passes all understanding. You can't explain it. You can't tell them and get them to see what it, why it is you have peace. What you can simply, or the only thing you can do is simply let them see your peace. And then if they ask you, why do you have such peace? You can say, man, I, I trust in the Lord. That's all it in, takes. In his word. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to cause someone to fall on their knees and repent and become a believer. It might. What I, right. But what I'm saying is when they see that, that your peace has been tested and you still have it, then that might lead them to say, Lord, can I have the same peace that Dave has? Can I have the same peace that they have in them? How is this? You know, Lord, show me what I, what, what do I got to do, man. Or they may ask you, what, how did this happen? And you can explain to them your faith and your, you know, what the Word says about believing and, and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel is. Yeah. Good news. Oh, man. <laughs> there it is, buddy. And good there news. it is. That's the good, the good news is not that we have answers for all of the, when I say answers, we have the answer for every problem in the world. You know what I mean where I'm, Sure. The good news is not that Christians are going to solve all the problems in the world. Because as long as there are unrepentant people who have never become believers in Jesus Christ who are not born again, there will be bad things. Right? Oh, sure. And even believers are going to, are going to are going fumble. At some point they're going time, to fumble. Absolutely. But they're not going to stay in it. They're not going to stay in it. They're going to fumble. But what if the answer, what if the good news that we have and that we are supposed to be giving people is not tied up in our ability to talk or to say or to do, but rather in our ability to just be. Just be. To just be. Be in Christ. His love mm. we show to others and we well, show to God and uh, that's all it takes. Have you ever felt something before and you really felt it and you were like, oh man, I feel this with every fiber of my being. Oh, sure. And then you tried to tell somebody 
And it was <laughs> like, what? I can't get the words to say what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. I mean, you can be in a church service and just something random can... Someone can be singing and they just say a certain, sing a certain verse or say a certain word, or someone can be teaching or preaching or it, man, it could just be in the, in the handshaking and someone says something to you and it, it triggers something in you and the Lord moves in you and, and you, you, you feel this, this great overwhelming joy or peace or whatever. And then you try to tell somebody and you're like, man, I should have just been quiet because I, I, not only have I not been able to express it. But, but man, I feel like I kind of made myself look a little silly there. Right. There I are, just smile a lot. There, <laughs> there, are, there are times when believers feel like they have to have an answer for everything or for something. I mean, there are times in a believer's life when they feel like they have to have an answer. Right. Sometimes the answer is just to not let yourself become anxious. To not let your heart be troubled. That's not what you say, not what you do. It's what you be. I know that's not proper grammar, but I've already dropped the ball on proper grammar with, ah, and, and whatever else I said earlier. Wash your clothes. Yeah. Wash your clothes. Listen to what, um, listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter five, one and two. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. As a believer in Jesus Christ, it does not matter what's going on in the world around you. It matters not. It does not matter what is happening in the countries around us. It doesn't matter what's going on in the city hall. It doesn't matter what's going on at the county courthouse. It doesn't matter what's going on in the school or anything else around you. That is not going to change the fact that you have one mission and one goal, and that is to be a peacemaker and to be one who is not caught up in what is going on around you in the flesh because there is something that God is wanting to do in the Spirit, and we are the only ones, as believers, we are the only ones that are going to have access to that knowledge because in order for the Spirit or for, for for the will of the Lord to come to pass, those who are spiritual alone will be able to hear what the Spirit is saying. But how many times have we as believers not listened to what the Spirit is saying because we wanted to tell the Lord what was going on in the world around us instead of letting the Lord tell us what He wants us to do in this world? Yeah, that's, that's well said. If we allow the news of the world, which, pardon me, the bad news, to be what rules our minds and our hearts, how are we going to be able, capable of going and telling the good news? And if we don't go and tell the good news, then the bad news is all that people are going to hear. And if we don't allow the good news to be seen and heard through us, then we have allowed the the other coach or the other team to get our minds off of what it is that we're supposed to do. And what you're trying to do is not going to work. They're not going to pay any attention to somebody that's not living what they're saying. Not only is it not going to work, it's going to make it worse. Right. It's going to make it worse. I can't tell you how many times that I have heard someone, and that's not a good argument. It's It's a bad argument. But I'm going to say it publicly. It is a valid argument, although it's bad because it doesn't produce any good. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, well, I don't want to go to church because they're all a bunch of hypocrites. The reason I say it's a valid argument is because many times that's true. There are believers that are hypocritical. There's no doubt 
about that. But that does not fix the problem, right? There are, there are many good believers who are, sometimes those people who are hypocrites are just in a place in their life where they are immature and they're, they're, they've not been taught, they've not been pastored, or they, whether that be they've not allowed someone to pastor them or they've not been in a place where they had right. a pastor. At least they're there hearing the word well, and they can correct, change. Correct. And it, there's hope. Them. As long as there is breath, there is hope. There is hope. But what if, oh, I'm sorry, concerning that argument about, about the hypocrisy, yes, I understand that sometimes Christians make, make a, um, a mess of things by trying to fix the ills and the problems of this world using fleshly means. But the only way to operate in the Spirit is to do things the way the Spirit of God says to do them, and that's not through the flesh. So if it feels comfortable and easy and natural, most likely that's not the Spirit telling you to do that. Correct. Because the Spirit is going to tell you to deny your flesh, which means your anger, your frustration, your, your excuses, your negativity, whatever it may be. And that is not going to be something that you're going to be like, oh, this is so easy to do. So here would be my, my, my summary of our discussion today. You need, to, you need to be very careful. Very careful as a believer. When you are listening to, watching, reading any type of news, because it is very easy for us to be swept into that vortex of negativity. Very easy. If we allow that to happen, there won't be any peace in our lives. And that's completely, you know, antithetical. If there's no peace, God's not in our life. Or we are, or we're, we're not complying with his will. Correct. We're not being obedient. If we are believers in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter to us what's going on in the world around us. What should matter is what is going on in the spirit. What is God wanting us to do? And if we are going to do the things that God wants us to do, then we're going to have to bring peace to this world. And the only way that we can bring peace or make peace in this world is by not doing and not getting swept up in what is happening in the world. Whether that be, and not just, what I mean by that is not just, don't participate in it. But I can tell you, Dave, I hate to, oh, I hate that I can, I hate the fact that I can say this with complete certainty, that there are many believers, many believers who are, oh, buddy, they know every single thing that's happening in politics or in, in uh, geopolitical things around the world. By geopolitical, I don't just mean politics, but warfare and economics and all of that. Again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood all of those things, and they understood them well. They knew what worked, and they knew what didn't work. They were highly educated. Nothing wrong with that. Sure. But some of the most educated people are some of the dumbest people. Because they follow their education instead of the words of life and the truth that, that is eternal and never changes. Correct. So as believers, we must not allow the bad news of the world around us to take precedence over, or I'm sorry, we should not allow the bad news around us to have any influence on us at all. Any at all. Because if we do, we, we are then allowing it to take precedence. You can be aware of it, but it's not going to change who you are or what you That's do. exactly right. So what I would say to everybody out there today is go out and be a light. Shine, let, let, let them see the peace that you have. And if the Lord gives you an opportunity to speak 
on his behalf, by all means, take it. Well, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my son, Jacob, who is uh, spending his 15th birthday today at Kentucky Changers doing just that, what Jeremy said. He's helping other people. He's uh, working on houses, building things for people. He's spreading the word of God to other people too. So and there's a bunch of people with him. I forget. There's over 100. There's 200 people down there, something like that, doing this, doing this work. And it's just a great thing. And I want to give out a shout-out to all of them, but especially my son who's taking his birthday to, uh, to go do this. So it's a great thing. Dave, we allow shameless plugs from fathers about their children on this podcast. We, we not only allow it, we, we encourage it. So, so shout-out there to, to Jake Webb. Um, I, uh, again, I want to, want to encourage everybody to, uh, uh, if you, if you enjoy the podcast, please, uh, like, share, subscribe, let folks know about it. Um, let them know, uh, you know, where they can find the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thanks Dave for coming on. We'll bring you back on if you want to come back. That's oh, that'd you. be great. I, I appreciate right. it a lot. We had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. <laughs> well, Dave, I'm not too, too ashamed to say I've learned a lot today as we've been talking too. So. Um, we'll, we'll see you guys next time on the, on the Revivinary podcast. Have a great day.